You're listening to the Design Your Dream Year podcast, a place where we discuss all things mindset, manifestation, self-healing, and development to help you create the most fulfilling, freeing, fun, and abundant life possible. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, friend. It is Allison from MinimalistBoss.com. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And holy cow, it has been a hot second since I've recorded an episode. In fact, it feels kind of weird, but familiar at the same time. If you are a regular listener of the show, then you know, if you listened to my last episode, that I decided to take the entire month of July off work, which meant I also took an entire month off of this podcast. And in fact, we are approaching mid-August, so in reality, I basically took an entire month and a half off of this podcast. And I'm gonna have to do an entire episode about that because in all of my 10 years of being self-employed, I have never taken an entire month off of work. That was a really foreign concept to me. As someone who loves work and who in the past had had some boundary issues with overworking and working myself into the ground and never giving myself time off, but even in like the last you know, two, three years where I did put a lot of boundaries into place, where I did greatly cut back on my work hours, I still never gave myself like a very long period completely off work all at the same time. So I'm gonna have to do an entire episode about that, why I decided to take an entire month off and also what I learned because I learned a lot, which I'm excited to share with you. But needless to say, I am feeling so much more refreshed. (laughs) I'm refreshed with new energy and new inspiration and new ideas that I'm really excited to share with you, starting with what we're gonna be talking about today, which is something I'm super passionate about, and that is your work environment or your environment in general, your living space. And I know that I I think I talked about this in an earlier episode right at the beginning of when I started the show a year and a half ago, back when it was called the Take Imperfect Action Podcast. So I think I did touch on this already, but I think it's something that's extremely important. So it's okay to touch on it again, especially since it has been like a year and a half. I've gained some new perspective on the topic. And also I think it's coming at a really good time because if you're listening to this in the present, then we are still in the middle of the lovely global pandemic. And so maybe you are finding yourself thrust into working at home when you're used to working in an office or like maybe one of those co-working spaces. And even though we've been in it for a while, maybe you still don't really have a solid routine for your work, like a solid space. Maybe you find yourself still working from the kitchen counter or at the kitchen table or on the couch on your laptop. Excuse me. Um, So maybe uh, this this is something that you're really needing right now, or maybe you do technically have a workspace, but maybe it is a little bit of a situation, like it's not really (laughs) inspiring you. So that is why in today's episode, I want to share eight different kind of tips that will help you to create a workspace that really helps you to thrive, a space that inspires you and energizes you and helps to motivate you and one that really nourishes you and makes you feel really freaking good. Because I don't know about you, but my environment has a huge impact 
on my inspiration levels, my energy levels, and my motivation levels, and it's noticeable almost instantaneously. Like, I can be in an indoor space that I do not like, and I will feel stifled, uncreative, uninspired, unmotivated, and even lethargic. Sometimes it'll actually make me feel tired, but then I can go outside into an environment that I really like, and within like a minute or two, it's like an instant light switch, I suddenly feel energized and motivated and inspired and just so much better, which of course has a big impact on not just my productivity level, because you know, it's real hard to feel motivated to be productive when you just feel tired and drained and uninspired, but also it has a huge impact on the quality of the work that I put out because when I don't feel good, when I don't feel inspired or creative or motivated at all, then naturally it affects my work. And I would wager to say that even if you don't think your environment has a big impact on you or maybe even any impact at all, I would bet to say that it does, that it, that it is impacting you and your energy and your motivation and the inspiration that you may or may not be feeling more than you know, because you've probably heard that phrase you know, a million times by now, but everything is energy. You're made up of energy. The people around you are made up of energy. Your pet is made up of energy if you have one. Nature is made up of energy. And every single physical object in your space is made up of energy. Even the empty space that looks empty is made up of energy. Literally, energy is everywhere. It is every single thing. It's something that can actually be measured, which is really cool. And the bottom line is that the energy you surround yourself with it is either adding to your energy or it is taking away from it. Even if you're listening to this right now and you're like, eh, I don't believe in all of that energy nonsense, think about it this way. Do you think that you would feel just as inspired working inside of a cold, dark, dingy room that smells like mothballs with ugh, ugly art on the walls? as you would working inside of a beautifully lit space with tons of natural light, a comfortable chair, perhaps your favorite aroma wifting through the air while you're surrounded by inspiring art and beautiful plants and your favorite music is playing in the background? Do you think you would feel just as good in that dark, dingy, mothball smelling box as you would in that beautifully inspiring space? Because I'm gonna go with no. No, you would not feel the same. So your workspace, and not just your workspace, but the environment where you spend the most of your time, that can have a really big factor in contributing to how you feel. Although for this episode, we're talking specifically about workspaces, but just know that in general, as I'm kind of sharing these tips for improving your workspace, just know that it applies to your living space as well. So you can apply these to your living space and I encourage you to do so because the more you like your living space, the better that it's going to help you feel. And I was extra inspired to do this episode because I have been reminded recently of just how big of an impact that my space has on me and how I feel. So I have been living in the same apartment for just over eight years now, which is a really long time. It makes me feel really old because it does not feel like eight years. But when I say it, I'm like, what the heck? Where has the time gone? But I moved into this space a little over eight years ago. And at the time, 
this space was a big upgrade from where I had been living prior and I was really excited about it and it fit my style. It's a very old building with lots of quote unquote character. It's literally over a hundred years old. It's one of those spaces that has those radiators for like heat in the winter, lots of charm. And so when I moved in, I was so pumped about it. I'm like, yes, this fits with my style. My style back then was very, um, I loved vintage things. I loved antiques. And so it was very, I created a space in this apartment that was very, um, oh, what's the term? I don't know the good decor terms. It was very uh, shabby chic. Uh, farmhouse shabby chic is how I would describe my style when I moved in eight years ago and the space really fit that and so for years and years this space has has and had served me very well like it's been a great space and I found myself feeling inspired in it and motivated in it and excited in it but then there came a time I would say about two and a half years ago where I noticed that I no longer felt good in this apartment I would wake up and it just felt stagnant like I was not inspired by it anymore I was not feeling motivated anymore I was not feeling energized by it anymore and part of that was because I hadn't updated any of the decor or any of the items in my space a lot of it was from you know right when I first moved in and over the course of you know that six year period my taste changed a lot what I was feeling inspired by changed a lot and people change and I changed and I just noticed that I was not feeling good in my environment anymore and I wanted to make changes and I specifically really wanted to move, but I stubbornly held on to this idea that I would not move because I don't like moving. I mean, who does? But I stubbornly held on to this idea that I would not move until I moved into my dream house. And for my dream house, I don't want to just buy a house. I want to have a house custom built. I already know all the things about the dream house that I want to have built, but you know, it's, I've been getting my ducks in a row and kind of preparing for that. And it's taken some time or taking, you know, it's taking some time, but so during the last two and a half years, I have refused to kind of change anything or move because I'm like, no, I'm not going to change anything until I actually move into my dream home. But as the weeks have gone by and the months have gone by over this two and a half year period, it's just the space has felt heavier and heavier and heavier. And I have found myself feeling less and less motivated, less and less inspired to the point where I actually feel like it is draining my energy. And so I, frequently I had been, you know, and, and still do go to coffee shops to work. There is one coffee shop in particular that basically has the look and feel that I would want inside my dream home that I'm planning to have inside of my dream home. So I will go to coffee shop, this coffee shop a lot to work and don't worry, it is socially distanced. It's teeny tiny and I'm, I'm being safe. But all of this to say is that when I get to the coffee shop, I feel completely different. I noticed an immediate shift in my energy. I feel so much better. I feel so much more energized, so much more motivated and inspired when I'm in this coffee shop. And it's just the environment. You know, it can be the same. I could work on the same task in my apartment as I would at this coffee shop, but I feel completely different. And the only thing that really changed was the environment. And so Anyway, one of the things that I did do while I was on my break in July was that I decided that I needed to move, uh, come to terms with the fact that I was going to move, but my dream home is not built yet, but I'm going to move because 
because of this impact that my environment has had on me and is having on me. And I just can't keep working in a space that feels so blah to me. So I will share another episode all about, uh, you know, the process of finding this new space because it ended up being quite, you know, funny how the universe works. All of these synchronicities happened. But I ended up finding, applying for, and getting accepted to my dream apartment like one week ago. And I'm moving in in October. It's actually brand new. It's not finished. Still a little bit under construction. But it's basically my dream house, but in apartment form. And I cannot tell you how excited I am about it. Even just knowing that I'm moving to this space has changed my energy. So like I am already starting to feel more motivated and energized and inspired because I know the change in environment is coming. Just knowing that the change is coming has already shifted completely how I feel. So if you're currently feeling like I was feeling for the last two and a half years, Maybe you're feeling less than inspired by your workspace, maybe even you know drained and unmotivated and you're struggling to be productive, then I wanna share a few things that you can do in order to turn your workspace into a space that helps you thrive, not a place that hinders you. And these are things that you can do wherever you're currently at. So if you can't move to another space entirely like I am finally doing, or if you do not want to move like I am doing, then these are still things that you can do wherever you're currently at. And these are things that I really began to focus on extra hard, especially this past year when I realized that I wasn't gonna be moving for a little bit. And I was like, okay, I gotta make the best of where I'm at right now. And they did, did help, but I, I had just, I'll get into it in the other episode where I talk about the process of finding my apartment, but. All of this to say I basically had like a one foot in, one foot out mentality for a long time because there was a space I was supposed to move into like a year ago that I was basically waiting on for the last year. And so I kind of checked out mentally for my current space. But when I realized it was taking a lot longer than I thought it was, then I began to extra focus on these tips that I'm gonna talk about, which did really help. So as I'm kind of going through them, feel free to choose just as many of these things that you would like to inject into your current workspace. Pick the ones that resonate with you the most, but I do believe that the more of these that you do, the more that you're gonna be reigniting the flame for enjoying your space. And if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I don't even have a dedicated workspace, I'm working on my couch in the living room, First of all, I do want to say I totally get it. <laughs> I've been working out of the corner of my living room for the past 10 years. I've never had a dedicated office space. Uh, but I do want to encourage you to get creative about finding even just a tiny nook that you can make into your space. So not working, for instance, off the couch or from the counter. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But finding just a little dedicated nook that you can call your workspace really does make the difference. Okay, so here are, I think I have eight. Yes, I have eight different ways to amp up your workspace to create a place that is gonna help you feel your best and put out your best work. Starting with number one, as I mentioned two seconds ago, try to have a dedicated workspace if you can, 
even if it is just a tiny corner of a room because being able to create a space that is dedicated to your work will a first of all help your work to feel more official especially if you're used to having an office space or some type of dedicated workspace if you go from that to working on your couch or at the kitchen table it can feel a little bit like i don't feel like this is really work anymore or if you're you know starting your business or working your business and you're having a hard time feeling like it's a quote quote unquote real job Having a dedicated workspace can really help your mindset with this, but also having a dedicated workspace is really going to help motivate you, especially if you do the other things on this list, because sometimes it can be hard to work when you're working on the couch and the couch is in front of the TV and you could just, you know, flip the switch and turn on Netflix. So having a dedicated workspace really does help with motivation. And, and this is, well, they're all important, but this is one of the most important, I think, is that having a designated workspace is going to help create more separation between life and work. So if you do work from, again, like somewhere like the couch or a countertop or the kitchen table, it gets really hard to separate when you're off work and when you're on work because you don't really have a space. You don't have that separation versus if you have a dedicated workspace, you know that when you're sitting at that space, that is when you work. And then when you're done, you can walk away from it. And there's no confusion also with other people. Like if you have family members, maybe your spouse or your significant other or your child, you know, having that designated workspace when you are working at it, there's no confusion as to what you're doing. It kind of creates that clear boundary of, hey, I'm at my workspace, which means I'm working, versus if you're just on your laptop on the couch working, well, who's to know, how are they to know that you're working? Maybe you are you know, watching YouTube videos or browsing Pinterest or scrolling Facebook, or maybe you are just having fun looking up random articles about black holes in space, because I know that's like the type of thing that I like to look up in my free time, but it doesn't have a clear boundary for other people when you don't have a designated workspace. It can create some confusion around that. So there's many, many reasons why having a designated workspace is important. So if you don't have an office, just find a corner, find a nook and make it yours. Own that thing. So that is kind of tip number one to creating a workspace that helps you thrive is first of all, just having a designated workspace. Tip number two, clean up any clutter. If you know me, <laughs> then you know I am super passionate about the importance of clearing out all of the clutter and all of the crap because whether you realize it or not, clutter is a big mental drain and it can even be a really big time suck if clutter is causing you to constantly lose things that you reference frequently. If you find yourself you know, constantly wading through all of this clutter on your desktop or on your actual desk to find that thing that you're always using, then you're literally wasting time. But even if you're not constantly looking for things, it is still a mental drain. So really just look around your space and look at each individual object and just ask yourself if it's something that you actually use or if it is something that makes you feel good or nourishes you or inspires you. And this includes things like art on your walls, it includes everything on your desk, it includes everything in your surrounding space, all of the physical objects, 
your furniture, for example, like maybe you have an office chair that you've been using that is super uncomfortable and hurts your back. Um, that counts too, because that is definitely not something that is making you feel good <laughs> or nourishing you. Um, and of course, clutter includes things like junk and trash, excess sticky notes. So really take a look at each physical item. And if you feel indifferent about the object, you're just kind of, eh, I could take it or leave it. Or if it has like a negative memory or emotion attached to it because Oh my goodness, the power of physical objects being able to carry like memories and emotions is just like insane. Or if you're looking at it and you don't really like it, then it probably doesn't need to be around. So really start to pay attention to what you keep in your space because whatever is in your everyday view matters. When you have a corner of a room that is just filled with clutter, even just walking by it can be a mental drain. I don't know about you, but there was a time about a year and a half ago before I went on my major, major cluttering spree, decluttering spree, not cluttering spree, before I went on my major decluttering spree where I had a bunch of stuff under my bed and it was technically out of sight, it was under my bed after all, but I still knew it was there. And just knowing that it was there drained me a little bit every time I thought about it. So it was like a constant leak in my energy, even though it was clutter that was hidden. And so whatever is in your everyday view or even isn't in your everyday view, even if it is tucked away like it was for me under the bed, it matters. And speaking of clutter and decluttering, if you don't have uh, my decluttering checklist, I have a free 54 things to declutter from your online business checklist to help you with the decluttering process. And, and these are things that are gonna help save you so much time and energy and mental space and even money in some cases. We kind of go through the different categories of clutter, physical clutter, digital clutter, and mental clutter. So if you would like this checklist, uh, just go to my website, minimalistboss.com forward slash declutter. Again, you can grab the checklist over at my website, minimalistboss.com forward slash declutter. Okay, so that is uh, tip number two, clean up any clutter and also any items that are not genuinely uh, being used or that are not, uh, you know, contributing to your feelings of happiness. So moving on, tip number three, put inspiring things that you love in your workspace. And this is the best if you declutter like we just talked about first so that you actually have room for these things and so that there's not just a bunch of crap distracting you from the things that you actually enjoy. So this could be a range of things depending on what you personally enjoy, but like art that inspires you or quote photos that inspire you. You could have maybe a vase of flowers on your desk if that is uplifting to you. You might have a pop doll on your desk that really makes you smile and just makes you feel good every time you look at it. Maybe your favorite crystal could be on your desk if you're into crystals or a photo of someone that you really love or all of the above. But this is really about being super intentional with what you fill your space with being intentional about bringing in things that make you feel good, not just indifferent, but that actually make you feel really good. And once you get rid of the stuff that you're really indifferent about or that isn't serving you, or maybe it's even negatively impacting you emotionally, 
um, or you know that's draining you when you fill your space with things that do inspire you and nourish you and uplift you you will notice a huge huge difference I pinky promise and by the way when I say get rid of I don't just mean trash perfectly good items <laughs> um, unless the trash we're talking about is actual trash when I say get rid of I mean you can sell your items on places like Facebook marketplace you can gift them to someone who would genuinely enjoy the item that you're getting rid of or of course you can donate them so don't just throw perfectly good things in the trash that is wasteful and that's not what I'm saying unless it's actual trash so be really intentional about filling your space up with things that you actually love and then tip number four is to add in smells that you love. So not just things, but smells. So maybe this means keeping your favorite essential oils nearby so that you can sniff them throughout the day. I know that I do this. I have three essential oils that I love the smell of. I keep them on my desk and throughout the day I will either apply them to myself for a little aromatherapy or I will just take the cap off and I will just spend like a minute taking some nice deep inhales of the aroma and it just immediately uplifts my mood so you could do that or maybe you could diffuse essential oils if that is your thing for a nice little ah, smelly smell in the air or maybe you have your favorite candle on your desk that has your favorite scent on it I have a coffee candle on my desk because hello I'm obsessed with coffee the smell of coffee beans is like the best smell ever so I like to burn that throughout the day or maybe you have an incense that you really like that you could keep near your workspace so that you could burn that throughout the day so really think about what smells do I like and how can I incorporate that into my workspace and speaking of smells let's move on to the other senses with thing number four tip number four is Add in sounds that you love to your workspace. So think about what type of music makes me feel good, what type of music helps me to get into the zone, what type of music relaxes me, and then create playlists with that type of music. So I love to use Spotify. If you haven't tried Spotify, oh my gosh, life-changing. Um, you can use it for free. It's kind of like Pandora, except is Pandora even still a thing? I haven't listened to it in for so long. But basically, it's just Spotify is like a free, huge library of basically all the music that you could ever hope for from every single artist. And you can literally just look up anything and listen to anything. But with the free account, you have to have the occasional commercial versus if you have the paid account, which I think is $10 a month, you don't have any commercials and you can also download the songs to like your phone so you can listen to them offline. Anyway, I love Spotify. I've been using it for eight years. Couldn't live without it. But I like to create playlists for different moods depending on what kind of feeling I want to invoke while I'm working. So I have playlists with music that make me feel really relaxed. I have playlists for music that make me feel really energized. I have playlists for music that make me just kind of get into the zone a little bit more. So think about what type of music you like and create intentional playlists to listen to so that you can add in that extra boost into your environment. Music makes such a huge impact. I mean, I'm sure you're aware of this. You can be listening to a song that maybe you had a memory to years and years and years ago and it made you sad. And every time you hear that song out of nowhere, it can make you sad. Or the same is true for a song that makes you happy. So music has a really big effect on our feelings. So be really intentional about creating playlists of music that you really love 
for even just sounds like you can look up on YouTube. <laughs> there's YouTube videos with literal just sounds in the background like waves crashing or crickets chirping or chickens. I don't know why you'd want to listen to chickens, but you get my point. Basically any sound that you find soothing or that you would like to work to, you can find like one, two, eight hour loops of that sound on places like YouTube. So add in sounds that you love. And then thing number six that you can do to create a workspace that helps you to thrive is to change up the lighting. For me, having natural light and lots of it makes a huge difference, which is partially why my current space has begun to feel like a big drain. It's because there are windows, but it, there, the light is basically either blocked by buildings right outside my building or trees. So I get pretty much no direct sunlight and it's just kind of dark feeling. And so when I go to that coffee shop I've mentioned a few times to work instead, that place is filled with natural light and it just makes me feel so much more energized. So think about how can I switch up the lighting to something that's really gonna make me feel good. Now obviously if you live in a space and you're not moving, um, you can't just make a bunch more natural light <laughs> by like changing the window size, like you can't do that. Although maybe if you have like a curtain that is blocking a lot of light from coming in your window, maybe you take that down for a little bit or maybe you open it. I know for me, I just realized this like three weeks ago, I've had curtains for the entire eight years that I've lived here and they've always been partially closed and they were blocking a lot of light. And so I moved them, I took them down and it made a big difference. So think about how can I switch up the lighting? Maybe you could create more natural light by doing something like taking down your curtains or you know just making sure your curtains are all the way open. Or maybe you could uh, you know add a lamp into your workspace that has a light bulb with a type of light that you really enjoy. There's of course different types of light that can emanate from things like light bulbs. Like some of them are very golden and some of them are kind of harsh and almost have like a blue tint to them. Think about what you feel good in and get a lamp or something with a light bulb that you like, or maybe just adding in your favorite candle, you know, bonus points with adding the smell and a nice flicker of calming light to your space. Or maybe you could get something like a light therapy lamp. I know that I have a light therapy lamp that I use almost every single day in the wintertime because as I've mentioned a hundred times already, I get really affected by my environment and lighting especially. And so in the darker months where it is November and it's the sun is setting at 4.30 PM, I can't tell you how much that affects my energy. I'm like ready for bed at six and I like want to start winding down at like 3 PM in the middle of the afternoon. And so I have a light therapy lamp that I keep on my desk and it makes a huge difference. I feel so much more energized, so much more motivated, and it really does help with things like seasonal depression. So think about, can you change up the lighting? And then tip number seven is to incorporate some feng shui. So you've probably heard about feng shui, maybe you know stuff about it, maybe you don't, but just in case you have no clue what it is, Feng Shui is a Chinese pseudoscientific traditional practice, which is of course originating from China, which uses energy forces to harmonize individuals with their surrounding environment. So the Chinese word Feng and Shui translates to the words wind and water. And this is a practice that is really a way of looking at your space, both your living environment and your working space, um, really helping them to strike a balance 
with the natural world. Now, I'm not gonna be pretending to be a feng shui expert because I have literally just started learning about this. Like I've, I've been aware of it for years and years and years. And I had like a very, very like basic knowledge. Like I knew it had something to do with energy and the placement of where you put like your furniture and things, but that's really all I knew. And I've really started to dive into learning about it over the last week. Cause I've been geeking out about preparing to move to my new space. And so I've been figuring out like, where am I gonna put the furniture and all new decor. And so I've kind of been diving into this because I've been getting way more into all things energy. As you probably noticed, I'm talking a lot more about energy management and things like that. And so I've been learning a lot about feng shui. So I'm not gonna talk about like how to do feng shui in this episode, because like I said, I am just now starting to learn about it myself. But if you are interested in learning about it, then obviously go to somewhere like Google or YouTube or Pinterest and you will find an endless list of resources, blog posts, videos, all sorts of guides to help you learn about feng shui and how it works and how to work with that energy. So that is something that I am going to be incorporating into my new living space coming up. And I'm really excited to see what kind of a difference that it makes. Um, some people swear by it. So, you know, I am all for trying new things. And then finally, the last tip uh, to really creating a workspace where you can thrive in is to spend a moment every single morning simply feeling genuine gratitude and appreciation for whatever space that you currently have. And I know this might sound a little cheesy, but for me, this made a huge difference. So as I've explained already several times in this episode, over the last two and a half years, my current apartment where I've been living for eight years began to feel really heavy, stagnant, draining me, didn't like it, didn't feel good in it. And for a very long time, up until recently, up until the last month, I had started to focus on all the things that I didn't like about it. I found myself complaining about it a lot. I would complain about it a lot to my boyfriend and how it's keeping me stuck and how it's stifling my creativity and I hate this and I hate how it's noisy and I hate this. And I had really started focusing on all the things that I didn't like about it. And he turned to me one day, probably after I was complaining, and he was like, Allison, you know, this space has served you really well for a long time and you did really like it for a long time. So why don't you acknowledge how much of a good space that it has been for you and focus on all the good things about it and making the most of what you have right now. And the fact of the matter is you have shelter, like, <laughs> you know, some people don't. And so why don't you try focusing on gratitude and appreciation instead? And so I was just like, eh, eh, fine, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay, I'll try it. And the next day I made that my mission and I completely changed my attitude about my space. Instead of focusing on all the things I didn't like, I just took a moment every morning before I started work, right when I got up, and really focused on the feelings of gratitude and appreciation for this space that I have, even though it is no longer my ideal space, and it changed so much. And I began to notice more and more things like, oh yeah, I really do love this about this place. And then, funny story, which another episode, but as soon as I started focusing on feelings of gratitude and appreciation for my current space within two weeks, a series of crazy events unfolded that led me to finding and getting my new place. So ooh, that happened. So anyway, that is thing number eight. So those are 
eight different things that you can do to your current space or if you're moving to your new space to really help you create an environment where you will thrive. So let's do a quickie recap and side note, there are other things that you can do that I did not talk about here um, that will help you stay motivated and inspired. So like little side note, you know, creating things like a tangible vision board for your office space and hanging it up. That's a great kick in the pants or creating like a digital visual board, digital vision board and setting it as your desktop or laptop background. That's a great way to stay motivated and inspired. And of course, keeping your space organized and tidying it up at the end of every day so that it's not just like a messy, you know, cluttered thingamahingy that stresses you out every morning. So of course you can do those things too. Um, but yeah, okay, so lots of things that you can do to create a space that makes you thrive. Let's review them, starting with thing number one, try to have a designated workspace if you can. Thing number two, clean up any clutter, grab the declutter checklist that I have for you. It's 54 things that you can declutter. You can get it at minimalistboss.com forward slash declutter. And this includes not just things like trash, but it also includes things that you feel indifferent about or just very meh about or that you don't use, things that are not inspiring you or uplifting you or making you feel good. Thing number three is put inspiring things that you love in your workspace and do this after you declutter. So be really intentional with the objects that you bring in. Thing number four, add in smells that you love. Thing number five, add in sounds that you love. Thing number six, change up the lighting. Thing number seven, incorporate some feng shui. And thing number eight, spend a moment every morning, even if it's just one minute, really feeling genuine gratitude and appreciation for whatever space that you currently have. I encourage you to try one or two or three or all of these things to create an environment that is really gonna help you thrive. And I would love, 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 love to know which one that you're gonna be incorporating. So feel free to share with me on Instagram or if you wanna like share a photo of your current workspace. I love seeing people's workspaces. I don't know about you, but I like love seeing people's workspaces and how they have seen things set up and things like that. So you can also share that with me. Bottom line, I just love to hear from you. So tag me over on Instagram. I am now at minimalist.boss over on Instagram. So again, my handle is at minimalist.boss. Someone had already taken the handle minimalist boss, but isn't actually using it. It's just like parked. You know, when people, it's just like a little pet peeve of mine when people like reserve all these names and they don't use it. Yeah. So anyway, don't forget to add the dot minimalist.boss. Tag me in an Instagram story or in an Instagram post or send me a DM. I don't care. I want to hear from you. I want to know if you found this helpful. Do you want to hear more about this type of thing? Let me know. All right. Well, that is it for today's episode. We are already on the longer side of what I normally like to do for these. So I am going to get going. I'm going to let you get to creating your workspace. Get started. Choose one thing. Start it today if you can. The sooner the better. And I cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Wait, don't go just yet. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like me to keep them coming week after week, then I would so appreciate you taking just two seconds to leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. Reviews are what help my podcast to actually get seen so that I can reach more people, which allows me to keep the good stuff coming. I read every single review. They help me so much, and they're one of the best ways that you can support the show. To leave a review, simply open 
up this podcast in Apple Podcasts and then scroll down past the episodes preview where you will see the star review. And underneath that, you'll see a link that says write a review. You can leave a simple sentence or even just click on the stars. It'll only take a moment and would mean so, so much. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you and I cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode.